Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alton, sitting down co-host, Keith Myers. Welcome in, Keith. We're at the end of a week. It's a Friday night, almost late afternoon. We're both having our favorite beverage in hand. We're going to talk uh, Seahawks 2022 schedule. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting schedule this year because right up front, in the very first game of the year, the Seahawks play on Monday Night Football against russell wilson and the denver broncos yeah that um, was well orchestrated uh nfl congratulations yeah well yeah because i don't expect the seahawks to be an interesting team to a national after, audience after after, about yeah, week, after week one <laughs> um and um so so um this this putting it up front just makes it um applicable to a national audience they are going to be able to use this all summer oh my um, goodness in, right in advertising right it's this is the it's the big i want them so badly Valentine. to i want the denver broncos to lose so i've always not liked the denver broncos sorry uh Den- peripheral denver bronco fans out there um just because i grew up not liking them you know i went to the very oh, yeah. first seahawks game in the kingdom and uh from that first season on and and when they got elway and and so forth it just became one of those must-hate teams for all Seahawks fans. And that has never really left me, even though we left the AFC West. And so now that Russell's there, and I like Russell, and you know that, and uh, he's going to always be you know, one of my favorite Seahawks players. But when he changes teams and until he's done playing, he's going to be on the wrong side <laughs> of the line. And um, I want my team to, to beat him. And and this game, I want I want my new defensive coordinator Clint Hurt and and all those guys on the defensive side to make life completely miserable for him. Now, do I give the Seahawks any chance to really win this game? Yeah, twenty. I'm going to say twenty twenty five percent right now, okay. just because. Like, okay, that's my early line seventy five. That's <laughs> fair. Seventy five percent Denver, twenty five percent Seahawks. A lot of stuff can happen in between. Um, but they're going to come out blazing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the Seahawks are too. I mean, Pete Carroll's not going to let them walk into this stadium and beat the Seahawks just because they're supposed to. Come on, yeah. they're going to well, they're going to put up a fight, and it's going to be an week, entertaining game. It's at home, which helps, and uh, it's week one, and with with a, a relatively nothing preseason, right? So yeah. Yeah. Russ isn't going to play much during the preseason. He's going to be it's going to be a slow start just like you know it, it, it it's the new frontier as far as these um preseason games go there's only 3 of them the the uh veterans barely play at all now um so it's his new team new offense all of that and week 1 is one of those things where there's no tape on teams so you see upsets you see teams um you know, come out and just surprise people because they don't know what 
the the opponent doesn't know what to expect. I mean, you saw it last year when, um, you know, Houston won in week one and just, it was kind of like really surprising. Like, wow, they, they just thumped someone and then they lost, you know, what is it? 102 straight games after that. Okay. Maybe not, but um, it felt like it. And then, but that week, week one can be weird. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I, I, you know, talk about immediately coming out with playoff atmosphere. So at home in Seattle, weather's going to be great. It's on September 12th. It's a Monday night, Monday mm-hmm. night football. Seahawks and Pete Carroll have always risen to that occasion. Um, it's going to be fiery. I mean, Russell Wilson is coming back <clears throat> to the only place he's known. This is going to be his first game as a professional in another uniform, and he's coming back to the place that he's played his entire career. I mean, it really couldn't be scripted any better. I, It's unfortunate that we don't possibly have a team to match the talent level yeah. of Denver, but I don't know that that necessarily matters in this game. I think it's, this game is going to be all about emotion, and it's just going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be super fun. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. And as the schedule unfolds here, you'll see there's not a lot of exciting games, given that the idea that we may not be that good. This one's definitely, you know, the premier game, and it's right out of the gate. Um, you mentioned preseason really quick. Uh, the first game is August 13th. If you want to circle that on your calendars, that's how long we have to wait until the Seahawks suit up. Uh, to play mm-hmm. a preseason game it's at pittsburgh we've got a home game versus the chicago bears i think it, that's a thursday night game i think it, it looks is like and then august 25th against the dallas cowboys uh at dallas so a couple of away games one <clears throat> home game for preseason then it then it starts mm-hmm. and that the dallas game as far as time and date are not official they're it's not a, not two- official yeah, it's to be to be determined as far as when that game will be played. So, and that's clearly um, a full two weeks before the season begins, and we yep. have a Monday night game. So we're the last game played on the first mm-hmm. weekend of football. So we almost have three weeks in between our preseason game and our first um, regular season game. I don't know if that's good yeah. or bad. I don't know if it matters. I don't know. So after that, um, so they they play the week okay. one game. Hold on, hold on. week two. I, I have this. I have the the whole graphic to to put up. So I'm gonna just add oh, that to the screen. Oh, you have this whole thing up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that looks looks nice. So week two, uh, the Seahawks go on the road uh, to San Francisco, and what would in other years have been a really big game early on this in, on the schedule. Um, this year, who knows? I mean, we don't even. But San Francisco doesn't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Seattle doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be. It is, um, it's a thing. We'll see. The interesting thing is we've won 15 out of the last 17 games against San Francisco. We just yes, seem we to have, have their number. And But, you know, this is a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year. They kind of limped in there. I, you know, they didn't have a great year um, uh, under mm-hmm. marginal quarterback play. Who knows what they're going to do with the whole – Trey Lance thing and the Garoppolo. I, I don't even know how that's been allowed to carry on. The, the, the only thing that it tells me, Keith, is they do believe they've got some sort of issues with their uh, now second-year quarterback, and he's not quite ready to go. I don't know. I think what happened was that the quarterback market got away from San Francisco. They were thinking that they could sit there 
hold out and someone would eventually dump a pile of picks in their lap. And it didn't happen because other quarterbacks became available uh, like Russell Wilson. And, you know, the Carson Wentz deal went down, you know, early in the process and that kind of stuff. Um, Matt Ryan got traded. And so now you've got Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield without a home. I mean, they they technically are still on contract and on a roster, but neither one of them should be. They should both be in at in new places, but there aren't teams looking for quarterbacks. So I think that it was the 49ers just misplayed the situation. They didn't understand what was happening in terms of the quarterback market, and now they're stuck. Um, and they I'm don't want though, to cut him. I'm hearing, though, the, the, the read there is that they still prefer Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback over Trey Lance. Yeah, and, that, can and, be, that can be the read all they want, but Trey Lance has a high ceiling and there's going to be growing pains. You've got to get him out there on the field. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is mediocre and he's never going to be better than that. I, I be- Dude, I hear you. I really do. I, I hear you. But at the same time, there's credible reports being reported out of that building that indicate that they don't feel like he's ready to go. And that's a problem for them. I mean, that's a real problem for them because they they sent all that draft capital away. They put him in there, and then they, they're sitting on that draft pick, and Garoppolo's in there. He's got a bigger contract this year. It's his final year, I believe, of that deal, and then he'll be gone. And they are – the people there feel like the longer that, that he sticks around there, the longer it, it is the indication is that he will start week one. Jimmy Garoppolo I'm talking about. Yeah, I just don't – I don't buy it. Um, if he's if if Trey Lance isn't ready now, that's on the coaches. It's not on him, right? That's because they didn't play him last year. They didn't prep him last year so that he would be ready now. They didn't do their jobs trying to, you know, coax a couple of wins out of that roster um, and barely make the playoffs. Um, you know why? They, they needed to, for the long-term health of that franchise, get Trey Lance ready for this year, and they didn't do it. So now they're in a position where, let's say that that is true, and they end up sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo for at least part of the season. Hmm. You're not going to get any anything back for him I, in trade. And, and you're continuing to stunt Trey Lance's development by not getting him on the field. Um, they've misplayed that so poorly. Because by now, Garoppolo should be gone. They should have gotten a bunch of draft picks for him. And they should have used those draft picks to build a better roster for Trey Lance going forward. But they didn't Seeming, do that. Seemingly a well-put-together front office. Um, I've thought that they they built that roster pretty, pretty darn well up until this whole quarterback thing. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So that's our week two opponent. That's away at San Francisco. Um, week three, Atlanta okay. Falcons. Yep. The next two, two and a half games, maybe three games, um, depending on, on what goes on with the Saints, are actually winnable games, even with Seattle's um, roster the way it is and all of its deficiencies, because the Falcons are worse. The Seahawks are building. They don't have a quarterback yet, but they're still building a roster. Atlanta just finished tearing theirs apart. They haven't after, built anything. After they won seven games last year. So they did win. They had the same finish that Seahawks had. Yep. And um, you know, I th- I they they did go ahead and, and remove their quarterback, Matt mm-hmm. Ryan. They uh they signed their their guy 
to come in and quarterback for at least a season. They drafted Ritter as well. Mariota I'm talking about. Um, kind of anxious for him uh, to, to get some starts this year to kind of rebuild his brand and see if he's got other opportunities down the road. But it looks like maybe it's Desmond Ritter. Um, longer term for this team, uh, maybe not the final solution, but we'll find out. Um, I do think that that's definitely winnable, but the Seahawks have struggled with them lately, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, um, they—it wasn't just Matt Ryan. They've uh, a lot of the talent on that team. They—they they gutted that roster in order to start the rebuilding process, and that this is a team that's going to be a two or three win team most likely, and so that they're in position to get a quarterback next year. So uh, whether they they get a chance to make a pit, you know, make a decision on Ritter and whether they want to go forward with him or not, but he was a mm-hmm. third round pick. This isn't a high pick. Um, Correct. This is a roster. They're going to be in position to go draft a guy like CJ Stroud. Yeah. And so I, the, I this think, is kind of a three or four win team, I think on yeah. paper, at least as far as their roster is concerned, I agree with you. Yeah. And we just talked about them on a, on a different show. And um, that's kind of the conclusion we came to as well. So, Yep. The, um, the next game after that is on the road against Detroit. Detroit's always a winnable game, no matter who you are. Um, cause they're, they're trying to change. They're trying to change, but they still have Jared Goff at quarterback. Right. I actually really like their coaching staff. I do. I think they're, their coaching staff, they need, they came in, they got kind of a bum deal in terms of the roster they were handed and, uh, but they've managed to put things together. I think they're, they've done the, stuff the right way they're building their roster and their defense they didn't rush to a quarterback when there weren't any decent ones this year um so i think they're doing it right but they're they're still a long ways away i really like dan campbell he's kind of a warrior dude old mm-hmm. school you know no holds barred kind of coach um and i kind of like that throwback mentality that he's got there he's building kind of a championship caliber mentality first and then the players follow um, ben Johnson's the offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn's the defensive coordinator. They do have some players because they've been picking early the last several years. Um, and they got some draft capital on the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade. And yeah, they still don't have a quarterback, obviously. They do believe that Jared Goff is kind of their point guard type guy, but he still doesn't have the ability to even do that really well. Um, no, he's off. Given the, given the roster. Um, I think he had a better opportunity there in LA and, and still couldn't get it done. And it's just worse off for him here. They've got some nice pieces, including Aiden Hutchinson. They just drafted on their defensive line. Uh, I think teams are going to have to game plan for that guy. But other than that, yeah, I think it's a winnable game. Um, at New Orleans, week five, October 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another 10 a.m. game. Um, but the Seahawks have done well in 10 a.m. games, I think. You yeah, know, we've won 13 out of the last 14 10 a.m. games since 2018 or something like that. New yeah. Orleans is interesting, though. Sean Payton's no longer the coach. That's kind of weird. Yep. Um, and um, Dennis Allen's taken over um, that job. So yeah, it's a, that's it's a really, big change for them. Really unexpected for uh, Sean Payton to step down suddenly. But, you know, that's what happens. And uh they now don't have no Drew Brees. That happened um, over a year ago, and now no Sean Payton. It's a completely new era there in New Orleans, and I don't have any idea what to expect from them at this point. I'm expecting them to be 
you know, not great, yeah. not good, but not terrible. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And, and they haven't been terrible. I mean, their defense has mm-hmm. been pretty good. It's just been yeah. their offense holding them back a little bit. Now they're still kind of with Jameis Winston there. Um, so, okay, so five games in, what do you think? We've got a cool. tough ga- tough stretch right out of, the, out of the gate, and then we've got three possibly winnable games. We could end up being three and two, Keith. Yeah, we could be. We won't be. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to pull this out of you. If you can't I know you are. Um, but I'm, I'm saying the Seahawks actually, the way the schedule, um, worked out, it made for, I mean, really they could, they could very easily be two and three in this situation. Um, yeah. Having the Falcons five. or they could be on five. Yeah. The Falcons at home makes it better. Um, they should be better. They have a better roster than Detroit, but they're playing on the road in 10 AM and, and all of that. And, and that could be, I mean, that mm-hmm. could be what it, what is necessary for them to loss. If the Saints were at home, they probably, you know, they would have a better shot, but they're not. They're on the road again at 10 a.m., two weeks in a row. I mean, that's not a great situation for them. And it just makes for a tough um, stretch for them in what should be an easy stretch. I mean, that set of games, uh, yes. Atlanta, Detroit, New Orleans, if Wilson was still the quarterback of this roster, you think those are that's three wins, right? Um, and oh, instead, easy. oh, it, oh, gosh, that's at least three, if not four or five. No, I mean, just season. just that stretch oh, just those of season. yeah, yeah weeks, yeah, weeks yeah. three and four, that week, week three, four, and five. You should pencil in three wins. Um, if Wilson was still here, but he's not, and I'm thinking if they go one and two in that stretch, that's probably that'll be very telling. That'll be very telling. I think this is really the tell. This first five mm-hmm. games, Keith, it just really is. If we can go three and two, we might have a chance to get to seven or eight, nine wins. If we go I don't know. one and it five, gets, it's over before it even begins. If it if they go three and two, I still don't know if it matters because you look at that's the easiest part of their schedule. And it just well, gets well, worse from there. Yeah, let's move along. Uh, it starts with Arizona. Now, we've done well in Arizona. Um, this is a home game, but they've mm-hmm. but Arizona's kind of had our number at home. Uh, we've yep. kind of played better on the road, but Arizona comes in. We we kind of annihilated them in the last game, Russell Wilson's last game down in mm-hmm. Arizona last year to finish the season. Now it's uh, October 16th, this uh, home game. I would think if that if Kingsbury can get those guys motivated, they would want to completely take this game and just make sure that Seattle was out of the division race before it even began. 
Seattle was out of the division race before the season started, so I don't know if that matters that much. Um, what really, my effect, this is an early early in the year game for Arizona, which means they're going to be good and they're going to win. When they play later in the year, they're going to be bad and they're going to lose. Um, and that's just because of the coach that they've got, and they just really are not good at their jobs um, overall. So, but it's it's too early in the year, and I don't think they have that much of a chance. Um, you're going to see Murray, you know, for, for a whole pile of yards and everything's yeah. going to go well for him. And, and again, is primed to really compete for their division crown with the yeah. Denver Broncos and yeah. Kansas City, for example. Uh, Kansas City hasn't diminished, I don't think. Yeah, so the Chargers missed the playoffs, but they missed the playoffs because their defense was awful. Their offense was, quite frankly, championship, you know, caliber. Um, but their defense was far from that, and that's what hurt them. They just loaded up on the defensive end mm-hmm. of the ball, mm-hmm. and they are going to go from being one of the worst defenses in the NFL to at least middle of the pack, at least. Um, and with their offense as good as it has been, this is a team that honestly is a contender for um, making it out of the AFC, not just into the playoffs, but out of the AFC. This is a very good team. Yeah. I agree. I mean, they got Jerry Tillery, Joey Bosa, Joseph Day, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, they they got some nice draft picks um, and and some trade type stuff. I mean, in the J.C. Jackson thing, one of the best corners in the league, because Leo Mack can still kind of get it. Um, I I think their defense is just a little short for me. I think it's a top ten defense. But not top five. I don't. No, it doesn't need to be top five. Well, I'm not sure if, if it's if top where they're going to finish. I'm not exactly sure if it's going to get them all the way. I mean, they still have to make the playoffs, so that'd be a good step. But to get to like the AFC Championship game, I'm not sure if they can get out of their own division. I don't know. I mean, they they've got um, other good teams in their division. I will give you that. But that offense was great. And their defense was their defense is what held them back. If they are a middle of the pack defense, if they're 16th in total defense with the offense as good as it is, they're going to win a lot of games. Do you so what? What do you think the the order of finishes in the AFC West, which is by the way now the new best division of football, and it's not close um, as far as that competition. Honestly, I think. I have a hard time seeing uh, Kansas City fall back too far, but their defense is going to be um, a lot younger and just different, and I don't really know where they're going to be as far as that. I like the Chargers roster. I think it's possibly the best roster in that division, but I think that the Broncos have the combination of defense and Russell Wilson is probably going to put them over the top. So I would say... um, Got a new Nathaniel Hackett run team. Yeah. So I would say um, Denver, Kansas City, uh, the Chargers, and then the Raiders. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, go for it. I'm going to say that Kansas City is going to still stay there. They lost Hill. That was huge, but they got so much in return. They got draft capital, and and I just don't know that they've fallen off that far based on just one player. I know he did a lot for them. He moved the chains, et cetera. He was kind of just a release valve for that team. But, um, and we'll talk about them just in, in a little bit because we do face them this year. But um, 
I just don't I don't want to hand the division to Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. They just weren't that great last year. I know that they think that they're one they were one piece away and it was the quarterback, but the reality is they've got issues. Jerry Judy was just arrested. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't I understand that it's not that serious, but who knows what the league's going to do as far as suspension stuff. Um I and they need to come together still. So and they've got a new coach. And then you know, anytime you make those kind of changes, sometimes teams start out slow. Sometimes it's real quick. I know Russell Wilson's there. I think the floor for them is nine wins, just like the floor for Seattle was nine wins, basically, when Russell Wilson was playing and healthy. Um, but I don't want to hand the division to them no. just yet. I think the, that the, the Kansas City Chiefs are good. still the top. I know. The Kansas City Chiefs are still on the top. I can give you Denver in second place, but, man, is it close between the Chargers and Denver. I think Chargers end up in mm-hmm. third place in the in a wild card spot. And then what do you do with the Oakland Raiders? We'll talk about them in a second too. Um, <laughs> they're all right there. It's like they made the play. Oakland made the playoffs last year. You've got four teams that are legit going to be ten win teams. Yeah. Talent wise, um, all four teams are playoff caliber teams. Now because they have to play each other twice, um, you know they play, play all the other three twice. Um, they may That's not true. get the wins. A team like, you know, um, New England, who has a much easier path because, um, or Miami. Know, I'm gonna say, well, I was, I was thinking New England because I I'm, I don't trust Miami. Um, right. And so I would say, you know, they they have got to play Buffalo twice, but they should get easy wins against um, the Jets and probably Miami. Um, so they're going to be able to get to those win totals easier um, than yeah. the AFC West teams. I think the AFC West teams are more talented than New England um, and Miami, but I don't think it will matter because of, you know, unbalanced schedules. All right. So we talked about the Chargers. Next up is the New York Giants. Um, New York Giants, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Everybody knows that, but they are improving. We face them week eight. They're at home, October 30th. Winter starts to set in, or at least colder weather starts to come into play. Um, Kibion, Thibodeau, and you, Evan Neal yeah. are their draft picks that they, they got in the first round this this year. I'm curious on how you think they're improving. Um, just because they're at the bottom. <laughs> they, had, <laughs> they had a nice draft. Um, I, I just think that they're, they're probably still a year or two away, obviously. Um, but are they better than the Seahawks? I mean, we, of, we seem to be thinking that, you know, if we're, if we're a three to five win team, we're really not any better positionally no. than the New York Giants would be, correct? Nope. No. And so, so you, I mean, you have, you have teams like Detroit and the Giants and the Jets and Seattle and Atlanta and, um, the, Panthers. and the Panthers and the Lions that are all competing for, draft position um and draft picks because there's going to be three top quarterbacks in this draft and jack jaguars probably don't need one the jets probably don't but all the other teams that i just listed do so you don't want to win too many games because you don't want to you know be the fourth team uh to pick out of the um you know the ones that need quarterbacks because you're going to be the one left out yeah it's true it's true, but man, Pete Carroll's never gonna never gonna accept that. 
Um, okay. And then we go to the uh, Cardinals down mm-hmm. in the desert on November 6th. Good weather game. If anybody is interested in going, hook me up because I can. Uh, I live here and I will uh, go with you. Um, actually, I already have a ticket for that game. Yep. And then um, at, at Tampa and, and you know, the yeah. Tom Brady reunion tour. Yeah. There's a nice little feather for the Seahawks cap there playing the first game in Germany, Munich, Germany against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on November 3rd, uh, 13th. That's a 6.30 in the morning cat call for you guys. Um, yep. Wake up early, have the coffee instead of the beer flowing, and um, enjoy that game, or at least DVR it so you can watch it later. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think of that? What do you think of that game? Well, um, so I I read some stuff on it, and the Seahawks are actually the second most popular uh, team in Germany um, for reasons I have literally no idea. It's our podcast, um, Keith. <clears throat> it might be. Are um, li- literally the the third highest listening country that we have in our portfolio is Germany. That doesn't surprise me, given the popularity of the Seahawks there. But I'm like, okay, you have the Seahawkers, the um, the German chapter of the Seahawkers. They've got a number of people there, and but why Seattle? I mean, what what ties does Seattle have to the region? I'm, I can't think of players um, that would. I mean, like. The, the Seattle Mariners are huge in Japan. Well, that's the that's the doing of Ichiro and and uh, Kaz Sasaki and some of the other guys that they've brought over. Um, but why the Seahawks in Germany? I don't know. But they are. They're they're a popular team there, and so it'll be a very pro Seattle, um, a very very pro Seattle crowd for an away game because it's technically yeah. an away game. It's the Seahawks did not give up a home game to go to Germany. They gave up an away game, right? So Tampa, which has a hard time filling their stadium ever, um, lost a home game for this game. And that's kind of the better way to do it. The weird thing is, Keith, there's only a 250-mile difference in travel time between Tampa Bay and Munich and Seattle and Munich. I know. It's a um, long way. <laughs> so Aaron Donker, our... our um, overseas exemption player um mm-hmm. is excited for this game for sure i i i know that the team has already yeah. committed that the idea that he would kind of uh, travel with the team and and get the flag out the the tunnel for this game yep. so that that's good yep so All right. um, after yeah, that so they go to germany and you're thinking that's a long trip for an early game a long trip back um what's going to happen after that? The answer is a bye week And that is probably the best bye week schedule possible, given that they have to go to Germany. I like the idea that the bye week is in week 11, just stand alone. And then mm-hmm. this makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it comes after two road games. I'm not sure what they're going to do after the Arizona Cardinal game. It's not that big of a trip to get back to Seattle after that game. They probably will do that. Oh, they will. I think it's, it's easier to fly from Seattle to Munich than it is from Phoenix to Munich. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like it, it buys you anything as far as flights and that kind of stuff. Um, maybe if you were like in New York, you'd think about staying and practicing and, and doing that stuff uh, there or just flying over to, to Munich early um, and mm-hmm. just practice what I would do. I would I would literally travel from the guy from Arizona to Munich and stay extra 
No, I'd come yep. home. I'd come home and let the players see their families and that kind of stuff and then fly out on like Tuesday and go over yeah. early. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of practice time for this game. I'm just going to be one no. of those line, line them up and go. Um, Tom Brady, what do you think about him retiring, unretiring? How did that affect their roster and the whole quarterback market and, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I don't know if it affected the quarterback market much. Um, he came back in part because Russell Wilson left um, the NFC and you had, you just saw this exodus of talent follow him. It's not just Russell Wilson. Um, there's just a lot of guys that moved from the uh, NFC to the AFC. Um, and all of a sudden the NFC just looks like a much easier path. Um, it was, it was crazy that the, yeah. the, the commotion this offseason. And I think Brady looked at that and goes, wow, we could probably sleepwalk our way into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. Um, let's go ahead and do it. And then it didn't hurt that he was able to um, get the, uh, you know, the agreement with everyone that his, um, the coach that he wasn't really happy with to retire. Uh, so, you know, I think that was part of him retiring was that, well, Bruce Arians, no thanks. Um, mm -hmm. But then when he's like, I'll come back if Bruce Arians retires and the team goes, okay. So the fact that he got that concession had a lot to do with it too. So to your point about players leaving the NFC to the AFC, we bring up the Las Vegas Raiders, Chandler Jones, mm -hmm. one of the nemesis of Russell Wilson in the NFC West moves to the AFC West, follows him over there with the Raiders. Yep. Devontae Adams with Green Bay ended mm -hmm. up having a franchise tag and was uh, traded to the Raiders. The Raiders. So that was interesting. Yeah. So they got Chris Josh McDaniels uh, takes over after like a 13 or 14 year hiatus in his like rookie uh, coaching campaign didn't work out very well. Let's see what, what happens the second time around. Yeah. I mean, he's like, this is a, a guy that's thought of as a great offensive mind and, and all of that. And he's been, um, kind of hanging out in New England, waiting for Belichick to retire, and he got tired of waiting, apparently. But um, the Raiders are one of those teams. Like they went out and they go, okay, we need to get better, and they went and got top end talent. Chandler Jones is, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He is one of the most productive pass rushers over the last five years in the NFL. Um, you know, and Devonte Adams is one of those guys that is mentioned as the best receiver in the NFL um, in that debate. So those are two big name uh, pieces that both moved from the NFC to the AFC, um, both weakened contenders uh, in the, in the NFC um, to do so. And so, you know, that's what I mean. Like it's just an easier path. And this division just got better. So what, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like now you get to the Raiders. It's almost an afterthought. But this team's actually improved. They had mm -hmm. a whole bunch of chaos last year. I thought their they, interim they head coach did a great job getting them where they got. But mm -hmm. now they've got uh, a whole offseason to get solidified a little bit. New talent acquisition coming into the building. New general manager. New head coach. New, new, new. Same old quarterback. They gave him an extension. Derek Carr. Uh, but I think he proved last year with an yeah. adequate roster, he'd get the job done. So we'll see what the Seahawks Car do against the Raiders at home. Cars, cars, nev cars never been the problem there. Um, but honestly, I think maybe we are underselling the Raiders a little bit because 
they did manage to make the playoffs and weather all of the just crazy stuff that happened um, and still make the playoffs. And then they add Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. So maybe we're underselling how good the Raiders are going to be this year. It doesn't, it, it doesn't get any easier for the, for the Seahawks here. Okay. No. So, and then we travel to the Los Angeles Rams on December 4th, and we finally get to face one of my favorite players on defense of all time for the Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, and the Los Angeles yeah. Rams. It's hard to even say that. It's crazy. Yeah, that, I mean, he got paid. Good for him. I think they overpaid for someone his age and the fact that he's, you can see yeah. the um, speed isn't there anymore or whatever, but he's, God, he's still the most productive linebacker in the NFL in terms of tackling. So, okay. Um, and, and, they, and Keith, he's going to get better protection. What I mean by that up front, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Donald, he's going to be got, able to have a better flow to the ball. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Donald playing in front of you makes anybody any linebacker better. So, um and their entire defensive uh, front is is nice. It's better than the Seahawks front. Oh yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? So so I mean, Bobby Wagner yeah. just probably bought himself a couple of years uh, mm-hmm. um of playing time by by going there. Hats off to him. I mean, they were the we don't know that they completely best team in the NFL last year, but they got there and they did it. And they don't really need Bobby Wagner as kind of to come in and be a mentor, or a, you know, a leader or whatever. But that's exactly what they got. I thought, I thought that was a great move by them. Well, this is a team that did um, lose a bunch. They lost a bunch of talent um, after the Super Bowl win. They had a lot of guys leave, um, and yes, they replaced some of them, but not enough of them. Um, and they didn't have the draft capital because of the Matthew Stafford trade. So they weren't able to replace them either. And so I really look at this and I go, this is a team that um, is coming back down to earth a little bit, but they're still really dangerous. And they're probably a uh, contender yes. um, just, you know, instantly. Um, and they've got to be the favorite to win this division, don't you think? I would think that the Rams are sitting there probably as one of three or four best teams in the NFL currently constructed. I think mm-hmm. if you were to rank them, I would go maybe, you know, Kansas City, Tampa, Cincinnati, Los Angeles, Buffalo. I say, well, let's j- just do just do the NFC, though. Okay. So I would who's, go Los Angeles, the- re- reluctantly, San Francisco, Arizona, Seattle. No, I'm saying like uh, the NFC overall. What, who are the oh, best okay. teams in the NFC? Yeah, I would put the Rams on top, Tampa, then Green Bay. Yeah, I mean Green Bay, and, and maybe San Francisco. After that, it gets uh, really wishy washy. It gets I mean, San Francisco. Real, it, it gets become a mess. Dallas, maybe uh, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, the NFC is hard because there's really only four teams now that are even in the top half of the league. Yeah. I think Arizona um, could be. Dallas, San Francisco Rams, and, and and Green Bay. I mean, there's your five, and yeah, that and, are in the top fifteen, maybe. And, and Tampa, the, and and Tampa. Okay, yeah. So six out of the top fifteen are NFC. The rest are AFC. I think. Yeah. And um, Arizona and San Francisco are iffy in that group. So, yes. so I just look. I mean, 
by default, the Rams are one of the favorites to come and, out of and, the NFC. And that's the way it was last year, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so week 14. We're, we're getting through this. We're almost done. Hang with us. Uh, Carolina Panthers, December 11th at home. Um, I This circle it is a win. Um, yeah. San Francisco comes San Francisco after that, at week 15. Um, yeah, it's a Thursday night game currently right now. Could get shifted out, but we'll we'll find out, flexed out. Um, we've already talked about those guys. Kansas City Chiefs, week 16, um, at Kansas City. This is a Christmas Eve game, 10 a.m. Uh, this is a tough game. This is one of those games where, depending on where Seattle's at in the season, this could be just one of those, we're just going to lay down, let you get this game, we're just going to go home so we can get warm again. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is going to be this is going to be tough. Then they come home to the Jets, which they're the Jets. I mean, that's that's just not a good franchise. The New, New Year's game, yes, yeah, um, New Year's Day, yeah. And then um, finally, Week 18, they play at home against the Rams in a game. So that a lot may, of home games, may, like five out of the last six or something like that. Yeah, um, a very meaningless game in Week 18 uh, for the Rams, who will have. Um, their draft position clinched, and Seattle will be trying to lose for a draft position, but it's Pete Carroll, so they're also going to be trying to win just for their own integrity. Um, and the Rams are going to bench all their starters, and the Seahawks could totally screw up the plan for this rebuild in that week. So of all the games this in this season, that's the one I'm looking forward to the least. If there's anything that could make you more grumpy, it would be to intentionally want to lose while winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just look at, imagine going into week 18 and you're Seattle and you're currently sitting at uh, four wins and you've got the second overall pick and then you beat the Rams and drop to the fifth overall pick. Your sixth. Yeah. That was the worst right? case scenario, right? And and so you you go from having being sitting right where you want so you can get one of those top quarterbacks to dropping out and not getting one and re and rolling back the drew lock show for one more year well you know the 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 jets thing i mean you almost have to circle that as a win but the jets are ascending i'm i'm going to tell you right now i think the jets are better than the seahawks uh, as far as win loss record at the end of the year the the, and and luckily the Rams are our last game. I think that ensures the the loss there, even though it's at home or whatever, and it's the Rams. They may not have much to play for. They still have much a, a superior talented team. I think that wins the day, um, regardless of what the Seahawks want to do. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about. I'm not too worried about it. You know what? I'm I'm just not. I'm not worried about the record too much. I know that ideally we want to finish three wins or four or whatever and not mm-hmm. any more than that because that ensures the idea that we can get the franchise quarterback of the future into this building and build build start building and um it's probably not going to work out you know i think we just need to kind of face the idea that it's probably just not going to work out the way that we want or the way that it it would be ideal and we just need to go in and thinking you know pete carroll's going to try to get him to win 10 games he just is now they're not going to win ten. I I know that, but that's the mentality that the team is going to carry forward. And I'm kind of proud of the Seahawks when they at least come out and try to win and stuff. So I I think it's good for the franchise that that Pete's there and that 
they're oh, yeah. trying to win games. I just think that they have enough of a talent deficit where I think that realistically we're probably at about five. Mm-hmm. And at five, I think we're going to be in the top 10. I don't know that that's necessarily going to buy us the best quarterback in the draft. Obviously not. We've got two first round picks, two second round picks, some additional first future draft capital that we could possibly move up into the three range. I don't know if necessarily we could get the number one overall pick depending on what that team needs. But it all comes down to yeah, who who finishes um, with you know above Seattle in terms of draft position um, because you know you've got teams like the Jets and like um, the Jaguars that will that are typically in you know where they're competing for that first overall pick um, mm-hmm. that have quarterbacks and so if you know if if the if the Jaguars are sitting there at two and Seattle's at six you could package those first round picks and move up. And maybe one of the seconds and move up and get your quarterback. Um, and you know, that would be great, but someone's gotta be there for you to do that. If it's if it's Detroit um and Carolina, you're screwed. Or Houston. Yeah. I mean, because those teams are gonna take quarterbacks. Atlanta. Yeah. And so they're not they're not trading with you and moving back to let you have the quarterback that they desperately need yeah so right but you know what we just i I don't know it's just hard it's hard to worry about something that's completely out of your control yeah you just kind of have to go you kind of have to just go play and Mm -hmm. then just let the cards fall because it's worse for your team to 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 get that sort of mentality seep into your franchise yeah we've been there we've been there in seattle um And so I just look at all of this and I say that the most important thing to happen in this year, as we look at the schedule is for the Seahawks to develop their young players for, especially on defense, to take all those nice athletes that are just primed for, you know, to do great things and to turn them into great players, not just great athletes. Um, And if they can do that this year, then they set themselves up for a year from now to be a legit uh, contender um, to make a deep run into the playoffs. And so they've got to develop those young guys. And what, and I'll say it, I've said it once, I'll say it again. What if one of those players you're talking about ends up being Drew Locke and he ends up being a guy that has a 68% completion percentage and a touchdown to interception ratio that's completely workable. And he ends up being the quarterback for the next five or six years and gets us into the playoffs perennially uh, still. And, um, you know, it, it could be a lot worse. So, you know, I'm not going to write the kid off right here in, in, in May. I want to go through camp. I want to go through the process. I want to see what happens. Maybe Gino gets the job. Who knows? I don't, I prefer to see Drew Locke get the job. Because we already we, know what Gino is. We know we know what, we know Gino's bad, and we've because we've seen that show. Um, and then the other thing is, how old is he? Oh yeah, that's right. He's not. He's not. He's the not guy. the future of the franchise. No. So I think they prefer to have Drew Locke win the yeah. job, but he's got to go win it now. If he goes into camp and he wins the job, I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But absolutely. I don't want to write him off first game. I just, I just want to like see. I legitimately want to see and give the guy an opportunity to, to be able to be 
to to get them to optimize his talent. I believe in the coaching staff. I you know, and if they believe in him, then I'm gonna give him a shot. Oh yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Let's do Thanks, it. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith, for the uh, for all the analysis on the on the schedule. That was a good show. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where all the show stuff is. Make sure you subscribe though, and uh, do us a favor and uh, let all your friends and family know as well. So till next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.